Dear friends, this podcast is intended as a service, giving back to an industry that has given me so much over the last five decades. If you like what I'm doing, please hit the like button on this episode and any others you may enjoy on the Substack page. And if you have something to say, make a comment. I rely on your feedback and suggestions to make this content better. I'm trying to keep this content free for subscribers, but you might consider buying me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash gdawson. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me. I'm so excited today to have Aaliyah Arundale. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah. Good enough. Yeah. If you don't know, if you don't know who she is, you've been under a rock for the last decade or so, for sure. The uh, queen maven, absolute ruler of jewelers, helping jewelers with closing in on uh, 29. 29. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say 30,000 followers. Uh, she's probably done more for the jewelry industry in the last decade or so than just about any of the trade organizations. Amazing human being, vibrant with energy, and it looks like she's having a daiquiri uh, this morning already. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. All right. When, when did you start it? How long has uh, Jewelers Helping Jewelers been going? Well, you know, it, it's been about seven years and uh, man, it's time to fly by, but I think um, what was able to get it off the ground so quickly is I was on, I was a road salesman, you know, and I think it's so, um, it really helps to have had different roles in this industry. You know, I really want every wholesaler to work behind a counter once so that they understand how hard it was, you know, how hard it is. And, you know, I grew up in retail, I'm a fifth generation, you know, my my father was a jeweler and his father was a jeweler and I was born and they said it's a jeweler um, and I grew up in my retail store and I you know and then I also I had a short time during college where I worked for like Zales you know yeah. and so uh, that's an important experience also um, and then I went on the road I got a wholesale diamond shop and I went on the road selling diamonds but going road for 15 years talking to jewelers really was the basis of jewelers helping jewelers i mean for one i had all the contacts from the road but it also just helped me understand you know what jewelers need yeah speaking of the road my first memory of you was when you popped into my store in eugene <laughs> oregon and offered me a cookie that i i think you probably baked somehow on the road it was amazing you're a memorable personality for sure <clears throat> I love that. Uh, and we've done a little bit of business, not a ton together. But uh, so what inspired you to go online with Jewelers Helping Jewelers? Well, it is. Um, first of all, what you do, Gary, is so hard. And I think people don't realize that, you know, an emerald dealer just has to know emeralds. A watch guy just has to know watch. I mean, even an insurance broker just has to know insurance. Or, but you, the the variety of things, you have to know how to get the bag off, back off a tagged watch. And you have to know about lighting. And you have to know about social media. And you have to know what an opal doublet looks like. And you're supposed to know what a one carat, you know, untreated sapphire is. And it's just too much, you know, the variety. Um, of knowledge a jeweler is supposed to have, not just, I mean, not to mention the retail store things, you know, what carpet do I buy? And, you know, like, I mean, it is, you know, you've got to be the one that takes out the garbage and gets snacks ready. And I mean, it's it's just so much. So I wanted to help the retail jeweler. Like I said, my, my family grew up in retail, so we have our family store. And right. I saw how, uh, how hard it was for my dad and uncle and grandfather and said, what can I do to make it easier? But what actually started, started was when I was like looking for a Rolex, okay, I used to copy and paste uh, a bunch of emails into a subject. 
Okay. And I'd be like, right. I'm looking for this relaxation. And I would just copy and paste it. And I mean, I don't know, maybe you used to call a bunch of people, you know, hey, I'm looking for uh, a two carat ruby. Hey, I'm looking for a two carat ruby. But that was exhausting. I even had my colored stone dealer block of emails and I would copy them in there. And I would just email all these people and wait for, you know, a day for a reply. And um, I thought there needed to be something more in real time. You know, I'm on a lot of, uh, I'm on a mom's group. I'm on neighborhoods groups. You know, a lot of people I know are on, uh, they're on Facebook groups. I mean, Facebook, one of the, I think the most helpful thing they have done is groups. I mean, cancer survivor groups. I mean, these things are really important. Um, you know, even there's this group that makes me laugh because um, there are people that pretend they're in an ant colony okay so they all day long they're you know talking to the there's a queen ant and there's like you know they all they they pretend they're ants in the ant colony there are three million members of this facebook group over a thousand posts a day no way i didn't know that that sounds like the insect version of furries or furbies or whatever <laughs> people get into all kinds of weird stuff that's yeah. amazing so you had this inspiration and it's done nothing but just you know it's uh, parabolic uh membership joints and, and people you have such a loyal group of followers um i know the recent thing people said you know if you ever had to leave facebook for some reason which there are no plans to do by the way uh -huh. that people would just follow you in a heartbeat you're a great leader and i think you've done so much for the industry as i say <laughs> really cool so what do you do what do you what do you do in your time off um, I like comedy clubs. I like crafts. Um, I will have to show you some of the crazy things. I have a fairy garden. We have five daycares that come by twice a day um, to come see this. And we have it's on the neighborhood groups, but it is an incredible fairy garden. I might even just take you outside to, yeah, to show you. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, I snowboard. I uh, my Halloween decorations are also legendary. They've been on like Reddit and stuff. Um, but let me see. I don't even know how to turn this around. But to show you the the fairy garden. <laughs> And my husband and his friend. Hi. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Hi. let's see um, this thing here. Uh, and it goes yeah. like all around. So, I mean, I know people that garden just upkeep this kind of stuff is uh, is exhausting and a lot of work and things. So, so here's uh, a million dollar question. Where do you get all your energy to do everything? There I go. There um, <laughs> That is one thing I was very, very lucky that I was born an optimist, you know, and, and, and energetic. I think it's very interesting. My brother, he actually says he doesn't wake up happy. Okay. He has uh -huh. to work at it. He has little cards that, you know, in his wallet that remind him of like mantras. And he actually, he, he makes himself laugh. Like even if he's nothing's funny, he'll just like, force himself to laugh and it changes his whole day and so many of us maybe we don't have energy or maybe we aren't waking up optimists but it's in it, it's not i'm not saying it's easy but it is something you can make happen and it is something you can work on i tell my friends that maybe don't have the energy i do that like okay so most of the time you're lazy and unmotivated or whatever but i bet there's that one minute one minute where you're like i think i should do something or you have that extra energy that's when you just got to go with it and that's when you just got to like do. And I think my secret is not that, you know, I'm smarter than anybody else or anything. I just do more all the time. I don't post one ring for sale. I post a hundred posts for sale. And I don't, I used to not visit one jeweler in a day. I'd visit 30. And I think that those who do win. And, you know, I started this crime group, which I'd love to talk about. And again, I don't know anything about crime. I don't know about, you know, I'm, I don't have nothing, nothing, but I'm able to stop crimes and, and prosecute, you know, these, um, 
jewelry criminals just because I did it, just because they just needed somebody to like do, somebody to get all these pictures out and, and to do. And so this is my little kick butt emotional, you know, uh, my kick butt motivational speech here. But just to, if you're doing, you know, one thing a day, if you're doing, if you're walking one mile, try walking two, or if you're posting one thing on Instagram, maybe post five because it will come back and help you. Right on. Yeah, I appreciate that. I share your optimism, by the way. I think you wake up every day and you, you know, as soon as you wake up, you have a choice. Is this going to be a great day or am I just going to lay around and get, you know, not do anything all day? And so you make that choice and move forward. I tell my students something like that, too. You know, don't when you're thinking about design work, uh, don't necessarily get hung up in that phase. Just do something. Start twisting metal, you know, start building something and then inspiration follows that action i think for sure so i appreciate you know your comment. It's, it's actually a it's actually a jewish thing that um they say you know uh if you had the choice to believe or to do like you know should i believe in shabbat or you know the the sabbath or should i do the sabbath in judaism they say do first because with doing faith comes later you know like fake it till you yeah. make it you know you're not happy smile but the smiling will actually make you happy and so that's how yeah. important it actually is to to do yeah yeah no i totally believe oh, that it's 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 action yeah your connection got a little wonky there for just a, just a short second. um i was the why the wi-fi became a thing so let's see i'm gonna go back to my house okay. how do i uh, we keep talking you'd end up in manhattan or something <laughs> yeah. i know i get i'm very i like to run around i don't like to sit still but i don't let's see i'm getting back on wi-fi hopefully that'll help just to, I'm still just on to, wi-fi there you go just to clarify something that uh crime group that you talked about is that oh shoot i lost you uh, leah there you are i lost you for a can second you, i i mean i hear you i hear you i just don't know can you you can't see me Shoot. Yeah, I see you and Sorry. hear you. You're good. Oh, you see me? Okay, I can't see me, but who cares? Okay, fine. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to say, just to clarify for people, is the crime group that you're in or that you started part of Jewelers, Helping Jewelers, or is it a separate uh, separate Facebook group? Um, it is a separate group, um, oh. Jewelers Crime Network, Jake Han. Um, and... You know, I mean, I, I just wanted one place where I could also invite, you know, law enforcement. I didn't want to invite them on JHJ, or I could also invite, you know, uh, security experts um, and, you know, I don't know, law enforcement lawyers, anyone that could really be helpful. Also, it's a good place. I mean, the J Jewelers Security Alliance, JSA, is awesome, and they have uh, really helped a lot. And so they're on there and making sure they, they cross reference a lot of crimes. So a jeweler will say I was robbed and then they make sure that they have that case. So occasionally there's somebody they, that isn't, you know, had not reported to the police or something, or there might be some information on a crime that the police want to get to the jeweler. And by posting it, we've been able to really uh, make some progress. Get the word out better than uh, JSA yeah. was doing, perhaps. So working mm -hmm. in collaboration with them. How many can you can you? How many uh, apprehensions can you credit yourself for? Credit the group for at this point? Well, I I I think apprehensions are harder. Preventions we were doing a better job of. Apprehensions right, right. get very complicated because the problem is, I mean, these gypsies have great lawyers and and they they steal and then they use the money to pay off the, you know, 
the whatever anybody or the pay the, to have the best lawyers to get out and they'll even they'll pretend like they were sexually harassed in your store they tr got tripped in your store i mean they're terrible honestly it's, it's really upsetting and i've talked about um how hard it is really to apprehend you i mean you know in california you can't even go after somebody that stole from you you know even in chicago if somebody can just walk into old navy and walk out with something and you can't even say anything to them so um unfortunately we have a real problem <laughs> it's a it's a crazy world we're evolving into for sure and organizations like yours can help pick up the pace where even state laws don't do it uh crap i lost video again. no no, no. I, i'm keep playing around because i'm trying to see it but it's it's um i'm it's my fault sorry yeah <laughs> but people no, just need right. to hear any most people are probably you know just listening and uh other people are listening and not just staring at our boring faces so <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, they will be. I have a pretty good listenership here. The uh, uh, the email you sent out today, speaking of that, I, I perused carefully and your observation on posting prices is spot on, by the way. I used oh. that in my store decades ago. And it, you know, at first I was like, as you explained, people are, uh, they think posting prices is going to scare people off, but it works completely in reverse from that. Uh, I, you know, people, I think that's true that there's a, a small intimidation factor with jewelry amongst general population, potential consumers. And so, you know, they'll look at something in your window and they'll just automatically think, I can't probably afford that. So if you post your prices, it's going to do a long way towards, hey, you know, that's within reach. I could do that. Let's walk in here. I'm so glad you agree. I mean, what what uh, what woman doesn't love hearing that she's right? Um, but not <laughs> just that. You know, I, I haven't worked in every retail store. I mean, I know it doesn't work for for everybody, and I actually haven't worked, even worked in a retail in a while. But I guess I just, you know, I walk into any store and I think, you know, what would I do or what would I want? To, you know, men feel so demasculated when they go into a jewelry store. I mean, they already don't know any, I mean, first of all, they don't want to be there. They're taking the most money they've ever spent on anything and buying a rock and giving it away, you know? And then they, a lot of them, you know, they're, they're nervous and, and they don't understand. They, they're demasculated because they don't understand it. And then we take away the prices. I mean, we are castrating these poor guys, you know, making them have so powerless and powerless people don't buy. People that are empowered buy. And so anything we can do to make them feel glad to be there. I mean, I've heard about guys throwing up in jewelry stores, guys puking in jewelry stores, fainting, you know, whatever. Um, so anything we can do to make them feel more comfortable. And people think the opposite. This is the irony. This is what's so crazy. People, jewelers think by not showing prices, they'll look expensive. But what's really happening is by not showing the prices, people think you're hiding something. They think you're expensive. Uh -huh, you know, yeah. so it, it, you're actually accomplishing the opposite. <laughs> it's ironic, as you say. The, uh, yeah. the one thing you said on a jeweler's plate, one thing forgot to mention is the whole, you gotta be a psychologist too. And you gotta oh, yeah. be able to, you gotta <laughs> understand the marketing thing. And in many cases, you know, as a custom designer, my bread and butter is is commitment rings, wedding rings, how whatever you want to call them. And and I get to observe couples making their very first important decision together. And that is freaking huge, man. It's, you know, the guy's scared to death. The woman is also intimidated because she doesn't want to freak out her man. And you have to kind of guide them through this process and understand everything from body language to, you know, listening to what they're saying um i i don't know how you do it i am 
so impressed by every retail jeweler or every retailer anywhere. I mean, we had in the, I mean, the, there were two years where people were just mad. They were mad at everything, you know. And so you oh, had to yeah. deal with people like they weren't upset about you. They were just upset in general, you know. But you, um, I can't even imagine the difficult emotional things. All right. Yeah. Are yeah. you still there? Okay. Yeah, the I'm here. Emotional, difficult emotional things that you had to deal with. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. Well, and now, I mean, in the current climate, we're struggling with such a a rat shit economy. I mean, at least everything costs so much in jewelry, as you know, people are still getting married, so they need their commitment jewelry. But luxury items are maybe not as high on the priority list as they were, you know, when when cash flow is better and a eggs didn't cost you like 10 bucks a dozen so what what's your recommendation about that how do we deal with this how do we deal with what inflation has done to people's spending ability i mean i don't know we still i mean i don't think it's such a big deal and i i what, 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 i mean my family store has been around for 133 years i mean somehow during the great depression when people were there was lines for food on the streets I mean, my family store was there and many other jewelry stores were. I mean, there was, and there was certainly worse recessions than now, 2008. I mean, it's half people like, like their income and, and people just still want to get engaged. They still want, you know, we, we sell timeless treasures that last for a lifetime. And that, you know what, that is relevant in good times and it's relevant in bad times. I mean, what we do is a symbol of love. I mean, people always want to, to cherish and have a symbol of love. Um, we don't sell. You know, somebody told me like, you know, is is jewelry a luxury or a necessity? Okay, and of course, you know, you think it's a luxury, but do you know? Do you know what happens to babies when they're not held? They they die. Okay, like I, I, there's been studies where they put a whole bunch of babies. Like we need love. I mean, we need things that show that we care about each other. I mean, that is life too. I mean, jewelry. I would say, it, you know, having beautiful things around us and having things that are meaningful is actually a necessity. I completely understand what you say. I often told this story. As an anthropologist in school, I, I studied cultures. And something I discovered, I wish I could quote the actual source, but it's been too many decades now. But the every known culture, as far back as we can go in the archaeological record, and up to today, every culture that we've discovered uses some form of body adornment. So I agree with you 100% that jewelry seems to be a human necessity. It's not necessarily a luxury. People look at it that way, but it is absolutely, it's part of the human psyche. It's what we need. No, I mean, you go to the museum and you see like the history museum and there's like gold and diamonds. And you, I mean, you see the Egyptians and you see the rocks, you know, the, the Romans and it's gold and diamonds. And we've worn jewelry for thousands of years. I mean, the first people would like find a shell and like pick it up and put it like wear it somehow, you know. And so I do think that um, I'm not really scared by the down economy. Also, I don't know, maybe sell the people with money. I mean, I know that sounds like rough, you know, but diamonds are not supposed to be for everybody. You know, it's not like, you know, I'm being uh, elitist by saying you can't have this. I mean, the whole reason people want anything is because they can't have it. If everyone could, if everyone could have a Birkin bag, do you think like people would want it? You know, it, and, and, and it's supposed to be special. And to sell the, you know, it's like selling the people with money is, is not wrong. It's like if you're a vegetarian, you don't sell. If you sell steak, don't sell it to a vegetarian. Okay, <laughs> like <laughs> right. they don't want they don't want it. You know. So if you have a steak, 
sell if you have a you know a, a, lug, a fancy item sell it to people that, that are doing well because there's always be somebody out there that, that has money so yeah exactly right exactly right so do you uh do you have any feelings i teach cad so i got to bring this up just for my own edification do you think that uh, there's do you see a a huge difference in handmade jewelry and jewelry designed on a computer is that an issue you'd like to address in some oh, way that is very interesting i thought you were just going to talk to me about you know high quality and, and low quality um the average customer when they're holding a finished piece i don't think can tell uh-huh you know and so yeah. i mean yes if you i mean like anything if you put two things together maybe you know, if you put a, a a custom design versus this, they could. But um, I, you know, I mean, I'm not even. It's funny. Sometimes I I look at diamonds. I'm like, I don't think there's a diamond dealer in the world that can tell a G from an H without a color tray, or could tell like, you know, an excellent cut from a very good cut. It's just that most people are not very discerning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I can buy that. The um, I I could say maybe from my own personal experience I I've said in the past I think CAD just came close to ruining the jewelry industry because it was doing this cookie cutter stuff but now more and more people are learning to be creative using computer design and it's just become another tool in our box so just because the design was done on a computer maybe the design was printed on a 3D printer we still use we still use the techniques that have been in use for thousands of years to finish the piece of jewelry. So it doesn't necessarily devalue it having been designed on a computer. All right, I'm glad we touched on that a little bit. I mean, I would love to learn more about it. I um, That's one of the things I think is so great about my jewelry group is that, you know, I'm learning all kinds of issues about what bench jewelers are going through and, you know, what watch dealers are going through or, you know, what it takes to polish a chip sapphire. I mean, these are things I don't know, and I think it brings us all together. I doubt that many watch guys understand anything about CAD and, and that many CAD guys understand much about mining opals. So I think that it is very cool to, um, uh, that it is, very neat to see different aspects and i would love to learn more about computer-aided design so well like i said i teach it if you ever want to like get a primer on it or something we could get together off the record and i could just kind of walk you through it walk you through what the process is i mean i love this i think it's so interesting you have an anthropology background what a wonderful thing to have in retail because just to understand people is uh is so vital just in all life enjoyment so it's really helped me, honestly. Uh, you know, I would suggest any retail jeweler, you know, take a little course in body language, take a little mm -hmm. course in, in, in listening, understand how to listen to people and don't just try and sell them stuff. Listen to what they want. And then it's, they, they'll buy from you if, you if you provide them what you hear that they want instead of just, you know, trying to sell them your clothes out stuff or whatever. Well, so what do you what do you vision? What's your vision for the future of JHA JHJ uh, going forward? Uh, do you uh, have big plans I like to say I just don't want Facebook to shut us down. Like honestly, if I wake up every day and the group's still there, I'm thrilled. Um, so uh, I mean, I talked to a friend today whose group was not yesterday. whose group was shut down um, over oh. brands, uh, and I've talked to a lot of other people this week and I get it, you know, um, Rolex owns their word and they want to control their own brand. Um, and lawyers are, uh, need jobs too, I guess. Um, but it, 
<laughs> I, I I don't like rules. And the thing is, I started Jewelers Helping Jewelers, and people said, there's no way you can start a group without rules. And I said, watch me. If you trust people to be good, they really will. And I think they've been incredible. I mean, I take down almost nothing. I think it's an amazing that if you really, rules don't really solve things. You know what? One of my favorite examples is my dad's been a foster dad for like nine different boys, okay? And each time he has to go through this, like a year of bullshit where they like call, I mean, my dad's 71 and they call like his girlfriend when he was 16, you know, to ask, you know, did he ever touch you and wrong? Like just the dumbest stuff because they think if they make enough rules, then everyone will be safe and the kid will be put in a good home. And that's never how anything works. Rules never don't make good people good and they don't make bad people bad, you know, maybe religious rules, but not just like a law. People break the law all the time. So anyway, I said no rules on JHJ and it's been seven years with almost no problem. I mean, incredible, incredible, incredible. So the right. fact is, uh, I don't own Facebook. I just play there. And Facebook has now had a new rule that we can't talk about brands, which um, isn't terrible because actually I don't love a lot of them anyway. But, right. um, uh, and I'm sure Gary, you too, making your own things and you be your own brand is, is much better. But occasionally one of our customers wants a Tiffany necklace. Okay. So it does come up. Um, I am now uh, having paying somebody to go back through JHJ and delete every time it says the word Rolex, which is a lot of fun. Um, anyway, uh, my, right now my future is just survival. <laughs> how, are they are they holding you accountable for past posts? I mean, I how don't can they know, do but yeah. yeah, I don't know. So we're being just to be safe, you know, You're because being, okay, right. I mean, I didn't set it up to be a buy sell group. I mean, billions of dollars have been traded on my group. Billions, you know. Right, I mean, right, I know right. one. I know, I know two guys alone that did fifteen million last year. You know, so it is amazing, and it's free. You know, this 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 platform is awesome. Okay, so but I but I didn't set it up for that, and that's not the goal. And so to lose selling watches to me is not that big a deal. I mean, I'm probably gonna make right. an announcement today, like we're not selling watches anymore. And I, I feel real bad for these watch guys. First of all, their margins were terrible. I mean, what do they make 10% on something? I don't even know. And then right, they have right. to deal with fakes and like, I don't, I do feel bad for them as a profession, but you know, I feel bad for the cashiers at Walmart too, where the, you know, the, um, the automatic things now taking their job. So. I always try and go through a line if I, you know, <laughs> I want I want that little old lady to have a job, you know, to come back yeah. the next day. And plus, they don't pay me to check myself out. So <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. Uh, I mean, I would love. To, we've done some amazing things. I mean, we 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 fed a, a town in India, and we we um we did seven hundred blind surgeries. We raised the money for it, and we helped a guy like adopt two kids. And there was this woman, and she was a single mom with four kids, and she was a bench jeweler. And her dream was to open up her own store, and we helped her get the equipment so that now she can open up and she has her own successful store. I mean, the stuff we've done is incredible, and right. um you know so that you know even just keep doing those awesome you know. Uh, this guy passed his wife passed away and he was like what do I do with her wedding ring and 35 people designed custom rings for him like he didn't even ask but 35 different people sent him like you know pads and sketches and stuff of like what he should do with her jewelry and then that is so generous so if we just keep doing that every single day I'm thrilled. <laughs> right. You got to give back. And you've done, like you just brought up, you've done tons of charity work and you work, work, work at this, but you also play. I think a group of you just got back from Tahiti, correct? 
Um, we have gone, last year we went to Stellar and uh, they have drive-through Bloody Mary's restaurants there, pretty incredible. Um, and we went to, we went on a cruise with 126 jewelers were signed up for this cruise. There was like a hurricane right before we left, so only 86 went, but 86 is still a lot. Um, and where else do we go? Tahiti, Stellar. Uh, anyway, we've had some great, great, great groups. The Tahiti one is fascinating. You know, I think the first time you see a corn stalk, you're like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. That's where corn's from. Or even if you see like a tomato plant, like it's to see where things come from connects you to it. it and it's so. Um, I saw you guys playing at a. I saw you guys <laughs> playing at a bucket of black pearls. I was pretty oh, no. jealous. That looked cool. I mean, I guess just seeing where anything comes from, you know, seeing where our gems come from, seeing where the diamonds just, it makes it more real. It makes it connected. It's interesting. And, um, yeah, I mean, we, and do you know one more people go to, uh, Hawaii in a day than all of French Polynesia in a year? Really? Wow. Yeah. So nobody so, goes there and nobody goes to these pearl farms. They were not easy to get to. And we had to take little planes to a boat, to a trolley, to, you know, a robot. Right. It was it was not easy to get to, but um, it, it was wonderful that we you know jewelry, these jewelers will you know share pictures for life. I mean, any I always encourage people like go to a jewelry show, go to um join IGO, join RJO, join J like anytime because really what it comes down to is like you're probably the most enjoyment the enjoying time you're gonna have is connecting with other people that love what you love. Yeah, yeah, I agree completely. No. Would you ever consider like doing a paper? Are you aware of a organization that's now uh, it's their 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 event ended uh, Santa Fe Symposium? I ended up giving seven, I guess, presentations there, and now there's a new one called uh, the Jewelry Symposium. But have you ever considered uh, presenting at uh, you know it's it's mostly a technical symposium so it's like for manufacturing people they'll talk about casting and they'll talk about metallurgy and they'll talk about this and that but i think you could probably make an amazing presenter talking about uh social media and your use of it and just your enthusiasm for the industry in general seems like it would fit really well all right sign me up you know you really only need two things to be uh, a good speaker you need passion and confidence that's why politicians, nobody listens to what they say, but they're really confident, really passionate. So I think that's, uh, I can do the, I can do those things. <laughs> you can do those things. Well, your <laughs> passion is, your passion is really obvious. Tell yeah. me, do, what's, what's your, I'm going to ask you a two part question. What's your sure. pet peeve? What's your pet peeve in the jewelry industry in general? And then yeah. if you have one, what's your pet peeve on jewelers helping jewelers? Oh, man, now's my time to vent, and I wasn't even uh, set up for it. Let's see. Pet peeve about um, things. I don't like when people people will say, uh, they'll say something bad about somebody. You know, like, I had a bad transaction with this guy, or even Stellar for Pete's sake, you know, they sent me the wrong finding. I asked for white gold, and they yelled gold. And I think people don't realize the damage it does. There's a Jewish proverb that says, you know, um, cleaning up, you know, repent, repairing someone's uh, reputation is like picking up all the of the feathers from a pillow. You know, they they blow off into the wind, and that's the problem. Is you say, you know, um, you you can ruin someone's entire reputation, and and you know, poet so and says like, oh, such and such didn't pay me. You know, maybe their grandmother died, maybe their kid was sick. Like I don't know. You know, like give them a chance, and so it doesn't happen that often. Um, but uh, 
man, I just, I just really want people to think before they ruin someone's livelihood because trust is just so important in this business. And just because they had one bad transaction does not mean they're a crook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think if people understood, for example, Stuller's operation and understand the volume that goes through their operation every day, every hour of every day, they might yeah. be a little more generous because they've done a ton of good in the jewelry industry in terms of making stuff available immediately, you know, and their their uh, their rate of correct deliveries is is incredibly high, you know, especially when you consider what they're working with. I, I think they're doing an excellent job. Matter of fact, I'd love to have Matt Stuller on here at some point. I'm oh, kind of I'm trying to reach out to him. He's an angel. I mean, like he was, you know, people would drop wrappers and he would like, he was like picking up trash in the parking lot. I mean, he is so sweet. You can't even believe he's like real. And I met him, I couldn't yeah. even believe, like he seems like a, you know, a, a character on like Sesame Street because he's just kind and sweet and caring and, and, you know, knows everybody by name. I mean, real, real gentleman. But, you know, I, I think about it, like, imagine someone like came to you on your worst day and like posted about that or like shared, you know. I feel yeah. bad for kids in the future because I, like all the dumb stuff we did when we were 17 or, you know, when we were young is now going to be recorded and can be put online somewhere. And it's, um, that's pretty scary. But anyway, so try yeah. to just put yourself in someone else's shoes before you, uh, put them down or anything. So thank God there wasn't social media when we were teenagers. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what went on, uh, will stay in the past. Thank goodness. Um, all right. What's, um, uh, let me think about it here for a second. What, just rather than me continuing to ask you questions, what would you like to say to the audience? Um, I think marketing is super, super, super important. I mean, the pet rock sold eight million dollars, eight million rocks, and they're a freaking rock. And it's 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 not what you say; it's it's how you say it. And I think that you know, I um. Uh, Bill Warren, he was, he said, I was a jeweler for years, but until I became a marketer of jewelry, I didn't really make money. And so unfortunately, if you're a pharma, if you're a, a dry cleaner, you also have to be a marketer. And if you're a, um, I mean, even a doctor also has to be a marketer, they have to get patients. But if you, um, you know, have a coffee shop, you also have to be a marketer. And if you're a jeweler, you also have to be a marketer. And, and the thing is, it's not really something I think you can hire someone else to do. I've watched a lot of companies try to do it, but they're, they're not your voice and they try to be like cookie cutter and fit you into something and and if you can just try to learn one thing i mean it's i don't I don't you can't do social you can't do tiktok and snapchat and you know instagram and pinterest no like it's too hard i think one thing and own it um you know i'm a little biased i took facebook but like i've never even been on instagram but i own you know i own that platform i really think you will be successful and watch it grow. You know, I have three women that just started their own little like VIP Facebook groups and they invited their customers and they're making a good living just selling to other women on Facebook. Um, I'm not maybe saying that's the way you do it, but there's, there's a lot of ways you can learn. You know, when I first started, I didn't know how to sell anything. I mean, I cried the first three days at my work at a wholesale jeweler, but I went to the library and I bought every book on selling. And I got, you know, Jeff Gitmer's red book on selling. And I got, you know, how to win friends and influence people. And every night I would look in the mirror and I practiced 10 opening lines and 10 closing lines. And so I think that like anything, you know, if you work at it, um, you're going to be successful. But I think marketing is an awesome tool. I wish they actually taught, you know, and they always, say, oh, we're going to have a sales meeting at work, but it's not really a sales meeting. It's a customer service meeting, really learning how to sell, really learning how to like 
clothes. You know, I mean, it's incredible. If you become a good salesman, you can get your kids to eat their broccoli. I mean, you can get the stewardess to give you that seat upgrade. I mean, if you get better at selling, your whole life is better. And so I think it is an awesome skill that worth the time to to learn. Um, I I you know email out tips if anyone wants to reach out to me. If you're in the jewelry business, you can reach out to me. If you want tips on selling the face on Facebook, I love coaching people. It makes me feel very useful. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk is incredible. He is a uh, brilliant uh, you know social media expert as well. You can read his stuff. But if the information is out there and the effort will pay you back tenfold. Right. Well, I I picked up on something you said early in in this last uh, in what you just said, and that is maintain your own voice. Like learn the closing lines, learn the marketing techniques with social media, but don't lose your own voice because that's what makes you unique. And if you can make people uh, uh, attracted to you, you not just your magic closing line then that's the key to it. Get people to trust you, make people feel comfortable and listening to them. That's my, that's my little rant is getting people, yeah. uh, getting salespeople to understand how to listen. Um, you know, don't do all the talking uh, and just listen to what they're telling you. And then, and then sell to that, sell to that, you know, don't try and just empty your case full of inventory, but sell to what their interests are. Like you said, you don't want to, you don't want to sell elephants to a tiger guy, you know, or, or so you, I paraphrase, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm using that. I like that one. So the, the be your own voice is real. I mean, people want authentic. That's what social media is about. They want, even if you mess up, they love it. You know, campy videos do better than like produce stuff. And I think yeah. that people are so afraid to fail, but oh my gosh, people love it when you fail. <laughs> I got, I don't, yeah. I don't, it'll get more views. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get more views. A guy I follow named Joe Pine came up with this thing that we've gone through uh, commercialization, we've gone through commoditization, and and we're have been solidly for a while now in, in an experience economy. People will people will spend money for an experience, you know. And if you can make the jewelry, build a story around it, uh, build a story around you and your creative process, for example, then that's you know you're halfway there. But the part of the experience is you. So the thing is, when you go on Amazon, you know, most people sort by reviews. Now, what are you really sorting by when you sort by reviews? You're selling by who sold it to you. Who mm -hmm. sold it to you matters because that is that is the experience. And so you, for one, you know, when we can click and buy anything on our phones, the difference is you. You know, people yeah. want to deal with people. They want to buy from, they don't want to buy a, you know, a diamond. They want to buy a diamond from somebody. Yeah, yeah. So today's your day off. Uh, what's your day look like? What's a day off for you? Uh, I mean, it's a lot of, I went into my kids' school and we talked about Rosh Hashanah. So, um, or like now I have to get my kids' uniform, mostly, you know, being mom stuff, mom stuff. I'm a mom on Fridays. <laughs> oh, cool. Right on. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you work, you work Monday through Thursday. Do you get the weekend then also? I'm I'm very blessed. You know, I think um, more and more jewelers are moving to appointment only. I'm not there, but I, I'm trying to relate more to all of you and that, you know, I mean, everyone wants that work-life balance, but I think if the pandemic taught us anything, um, that work might still be there, even if we take, you know, six months off, a year, you know, it'll or, or a Friday, even if you just take a Friday, you know, more and more jewelers are closing on Mondays, which I think is very smart, and they're finding that their business hasn't even gone down. So um, I yeah. urge you maybe to take that extra hour, you know, go to that yoga class, 
does, whatever it is, make that because the work, no one ever says on their deathbed, you know, if I'd only worked more. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Nobody says that. Yeah, yeah, I sold my, I sold my Eugene store in 2010, I think, and went wow. online only. And then I went from being available like 24 seven online to now I, now I just take appointments to talk to people. And you know what? Mm -hmm. uh, it, it still works. It still works really well. Uh, if people like you and they like your product, they'll, you know, they'll wait a day to talk to you. Of course, I have a couple of special, I have a couple of special clients that I am still on call for, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, but you're not, you know, nine to five, like if nobody's there for three hours at your office, you can leave, you know, I mean, I think that's what's so at a jewelry store, you just have to sit there no matter, you know, if there's nobody, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right on. Mm-hmm. Well, this is fantastic. I appreciate your time. I know we're kind of closing in on what you thought would be the limit uh, for today. I'd love to have you back on sometime, though. You know, we'll oh, thank you. Yeah, this is... Thanks, thank you. Deeper. It is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you don't mind if I share the link for this on Jewelers Helping Jewelers, do you? Oh, I'd be honored. There's a lot of great jewelers there that's, uh, where you want to reach them. If anyone out there is a jeweler, um, Please connect. And if you're looking for a good jeweler, you know, talk to Gary. <laughs> ah, well, I appreciate that very much. Uh, there's a ton of good jewelers out there in the world, but I'm I'm absolutely open to some work, uh, looking for a few good customers always. And um, yeah, and you too. I'll send you uh, I'll send you some graphics if you want to, you know, share under your own name uh, wherever you want to. That'd be great. We'll get some traffic coming to the site and get people listening to your insights because I think you're brilliant in your own way. You really are. And your contrib contributions to the industry just continue to grow. Oh, it feels good to help. It's called the helper's high. So I know you have that too, Gary, when you help others, how good you feel. And I really think we make a living by what we make. We make a living by what you get. You make a life by what you give. Yeah, Winston there you go. Winston I love Churchill. That. Winston Churchill. That was it. <laughs> that's that's the point of my whole podcast. I don't charge yeah. anybody to listen to these things. It's free. Just trying to do my part in an industry that has done so much for me over the years. I I love my life, and you know that's another thing. I'll never retire because I I chose something that I wake up wanting to do every day. So you know exactly. I may change the may change the way I do business, but I don't I don't ever see myself like not designing and making jewelry. It's just one of those magical things for me. Anyway, thank you so much for your time. It's been delightful and uh, let's chat again. I'll stop recording now and if we want to debrief a little, we can. Okay. Okay, thanks.